Here we are, windows open, Thursday night. Kind of got hot and gross in my apartment today, but it's now cooling down. I'm feeling the breeze come in. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. One of my favorite feelings is breeze through a window. And now that I've stepped up my interior decorating game and actually put curtains, shears, and curtains, shears in some windows, shears and curtains in some windows, I've got that billowy effect coming in occasionally. When you've got the windows open, you've got some shears, the wind comes through and it billows toward you, that's special. That's something I, you know what? That's something I've never had before because I grew up in gross ass climates that didn't allow for that, but suddenly I'm living the high life with my billowing shears. How are you guys doing today? I hope you're feeling well. How's your health? Thank you guys for getting back to me about your energy levels. So far, everyone I've heard back from last week has higher energy levels than me. Not surprising. I think I've taken two naps today. I almost just went to sleep and it's only 7.30 p.m. I'm not feeling well. I've got a stomach problem. Um, did I ever tell you guys that when my stomach hurts, there's one thing that actually makes my stomach not hurt. It's so effed up. It's McDonald's French fries. I don't know what the hell is happening there, but it is tr it's a true story. Oh, speaking of McDonald's, this was an accidental transition. Um, hold on just a second. Sorry, I just had to drink some of my Gingerade Kombucha from GTS. That is my new favorite drink. And it's very good for when you have an upset stomach or digestive system of any kind. Uh, show a number of hands here in the audience. How many people like kombucha? <laughs> okay, I'm seeing about five of you. Well, I first tried it with my friend Eva. Hey, girl, hey, Eva Gergieva. Eva Gergieva. Awesome artist and friend. She introduced it to me. And little did I know it had alcohol in it and I started to feel a little bit drunk. But they do make, um, but I loved it. I loved it because I love vinegar and I love bubbles and I love this kind of stuff. So it kind of tastes like that if you haven't had it. Anyway, it's been my cure-all. I drink it. I'm, I'm going to say this shocking statement. And by the way, if I've already talked about this on this podcast, I apologize. It's kind of taken over my love of coffee. I, when I wake up, I do notice my brain going, oh, I kind of want kombucha more than I want coffee. But I think that's a good sign that that shows you that my uh, ability to give my body what it needs rather than what I think I want is growing. So, cause coffee, as much as I love it, even though, you know, I only can do decaf now cause of my heart problems. I, um, Coffee doesn't necessarily make me feel good. I'll be honest. I just love it. It's an abusive relationship and I love it. Uh, but I don't love any other abusive relationships. So that's the one I'll tolerate for now. You know what? Let's read. Oh, no, no. The McDonald's transition. Then I'll read. So McDonald's. Last week, I was in the wonderful city of Kalamazoo, Michigan, which if anyone from that part of the world is listening, I want to tell you again, flat out, I'm saying this with all honesty, and I'm going to even write to the mayor. I think Kalamazoo, Michigan 
is my, I don't think it, I know it. It's my favorite city in the entire United States now. I loved the shit out of Kalamazoo and I would do anything. I really think I want to live there. So goodbye, LA. Hello, Kalamazoo. Uh, so from my hotel, which I'm going to go ahead and shout out this hotel because, oh my God, I loved it. It was called the Stay Bridge Suites. I guess that's a chain. I didn't know that. And my view from the Stay Bridge Suites, which everyone who worked there was so nice, I couldn't even take it. They were all women and I loved all of them. And the, my view out my window was of a very busy 24-hour McDonald's drive-thru. So I got to watch the drive-thru of the McDonald's and I couldn't stop watching it. I, you, I couldn't hear the orders, I wasn't that close, but I just got to watch the trail of cars day and night. And for whatever reason, I can't explain it, I was obsessed with it. Furthermore, I was so obsessed with it that I remember when I woke up, my first morning waking up there, the first thought was, you know, and I kind of have a dread, I, I wish I didn't, but I do have a dread effect happening when I awake. I'm not like, woo, let's go day, I'm ready for you, let's do this. I'm always like, oh, here we go. Uh, I'm not that negative, but it's more kind of like real realism kicks in. You know what I mean? It's like one more day, one more day of life. I can do it. Not thrilled, but not necessarily, maybe not dreadful. I'm figuring this out. I don't know. It depends on the day, but this day, first day waking up at stay bridge suites with my view of the first thought was, oh, I got to go look. And I jumped, I leapt out of bed just to go watch the McDonald's drive-thru. It was like Christmas morning for me. All right. So anyway, that's my story about Kalamazoo. Sorry, I keep talking about it. I'm going to be reading another book that I've gotten from the great bookstore in Austin, Texas, Malvern Books. I will link you to it. But Austin, Texas, go to Malvern, Texas in general, travel to Austin and go to Malvern and support this bookstore. Uh, I'm going to be reading, and thank you to Stephanie Gehring, our uh, Basically, she's our co-host here. Uh, okay, we are going to be reading Marosa Di Giorgio. This is her book, I Remember Nightfall, translated by Janine Marie Pitas. And this is from one of everybody's favorite presses, Ugly Duckling Press. Um, I'm not sure of the date of publication, but I'm going to link you to the Ugly Duckling Press website where this is on sale right now for only $17, and I really recommend it. Um, Marosa Di Giorgio was born in 1932, died in 2004, so, uh, and she was a Uruguayan poet and novelist. And what I'm going to be reading from, I Remember Nightfall is comprised of four of her book-length poems, and all of those four book-length poems were previously published. So the first one is called something, The History of Violets. And again, I'm kind of cheating the system here because I'm reading, I'm skipping around. I'm not reading the whole poem, but the poems are broken up into numbers. So I'm just going to read, I'm just going to read a few. How about uh, this one is number seven. I don't know, but I see the lobster, red, chestnut, so delicate on its silver plate. And under its ribs of rice live love, champagne, future weddings, strange crimes, water. Everything lives under its big bag of little red buds. 
I love that. I'm going to read one more. This is actually number six. I should have read these in order, but fuck it. I can do whatever I want. Uh, but I'm sorry, Marosa, if you are listening. I know I'm kind of, I'm not butchering anything. It's just that you can, so I read this book as a whole, by the way, and it is incredibly arresting read front to back. Um, I do have a tendency, I'm a weird reader. I'm, I'm a weird looker at all books, in fact. I, I tend to go backwards um, and skip around. I'm a shuffler when it comes to music, too. It's just kind of how I approach things a lot, which is kind of embarrassing, and I know it's not great. But anyway, this book I did read front to back. I read, In other words, I read it properly. And one thing I want to say about the book before I read another one is that there, there are so many flower and nature references, which I'll be honest, occasionally for me can make me roll my eyes a bit, but not at all with this book, because with her work, it's as if, I don't know, I'm just going to come up with some analogy that maybe won't make sense. It's as if, imagine like a flower bed is the entire universe and billions of, like a small flower bed at an old lady's apartment, maybe just on her balcony, like four, not even a flower bed, four pots of different kind of flowers and maybe one thing of an herb like basil and maybe some weird cactus. And within those six items, the entire universe plays itself out within those. And so there's dying, sometimes a dead leaf falls on the universe, sometimes one of those gets rained on so hard that it crushes to the ground. And then another one is blue. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I've just never seen flower life. What do you call that? I've never seen flowers and nature written like this, to be honest with you, which is very exciting. It's, and in fact, I think somewhere, no, it's probably on the Ugly Duckling website. Someone mentioned something about this. Let's see if I can find it really quick. Um... DiGiorgio's writing transforms everything it touches. A lily, a head, a hair, a ghost, a porcelain cup. All becomes beautifully and violently intertwined, dead and alive. Boundaries are blurred. An eagle drinks tea with a mother. A flower puts on the longest pearl necklace or kills you. Um, DiGiorgio's obsessive magical gardens serve as a stage for the ongoing encounter of nature and the supernatural. There we go. These serial prose poems explore memory, family relationships, erotic desire, and war, animating a world that is always on the verge of explosion. Well, I guess that's why you uh, defer to the experts. Uh, that is a perfect description of the fucked up way I just tried to describe it. <laughs> okay, one more here. Actually, I'm going to read two more, but here we go. That summer, the grapes were blue, each one big, smooth, without facets. They were totally strange, fabulous, shining with an awful blue brilliance. On the paths through the vines, you could hear them growing with a deep, outrageous murmur. And in the air, there were always the perfume of violets. Even the plants, which were not grapevines, produced grapes. Butterflies came from all directions, the most absurd, the most unusual, from the four cardinal points came the forest roosters with their wide wings, their heads of pure gold. My father dared to kill a few of them and got rich. But grapes were bursting out from everywhere. A big, rough, blue bunch even emerged from the wardrobe, ancient wood, and lasted forever, like a poet. Oh, God. 
I would put in clapping applause noises, but I'm too lazy right now because my stomach hurts too bad. I have a heating pad on my stomach, by the way. The kind that you microwave. Have I ever talked to you guys about that? Just get them anywhere. I don't know, online. Um, I'll be honest, it's embarrassing, but I got mine from Amazon. I was over at my friend Eric and Jenny's house, and they had, well, my mom grew up with these, by the way. They're bags of rice that you microwave, and they sit on your shoulders. <laughs> I acted like they, they climb on your shoulders, they climb into your womb, um, they climb into your sock drawer. Uh, and right now it climbed onto my tummy, because my tummy hurts, because I'm a little baby, apparently. Okay, um, now, next up, we're going to be reading from the second book in this book, which is called Magnolia, and this was in memory of her grandmother. Uh, okay, I'm going to read 13. My parents thought up that most sinister game. At the hour when the hyacinths come out like a flock of birds from the hidden land of nothingness, blue, black, yellow like butterflies, or red oranges with the hot, oh, I messed up, or like red oranges with the lightest rinds and silver alcohol, like squashes and tulips, delicate hens and fantastic one-winged ravens, lightly cawing, clucking. At that hour, I was going toward the table to look for a jar of honey, and my parents began their sinister joke. They pushed and shoved me. Terrible papers were falling from the air. I saw the dentures the open-mouthed laughing bread. In that instant, instant, I had to flee, to run away and cry. Some drunken hummingbird mistakenly chose the wrong narcissus. Everyone fled sideways, the mistletoe, the oak trees, the walnut, the lucky grape. There were poems written on all the tree's trunks, but all of them ended in the same way, and I did not understand what they said. My parents' silent howling filled me with terror. My braid froze, and I took off running far away from everything, beyond the plain, beyond the druidic moment. Suddenly the hens cried out. Their ghostly chuckling resounded from behind the golden cane field. Suddenly all of them feared that they would be beheaded, killed, that they would float over the tables like ghosts, white and tender, their small skulls, yellow feet, entrails lost. Suddenly the sky was red and blue and filled with daisies. That sinister noon when I was still a child and I was walking to school and my mother faded in the distance and everything and he chased me without end. <clears throat> How good is that? Okay, R.I.P. Marosa Di Giorgio. And thank you to Ugly Duckling Press for putting this out. And thank you to Malvern Books and Stephanie of Malvern Books and Stephanie for her words and poetry as well. So we're all happy here tonight because we read great, we read a great book. And I highly recommend this book. Again, $17? Come on. Let's give money to the good people. Let's give money to the good poets and the good publishing companies who actually give a shit and the good bookstores that... What, how do I even describe it? That make writ, that take risks and that actually support people and thought that matters. I'm being a little bit overly romantic. I'm sorry. All right, you guys, it's almost eight o'clock at night. It's Thursday, but I did do this and I'm going to just state for the record, did I want to do it? Not really. I'm not feeling well. I haven't eaten in a while, but 
I love being here for you guys. So that's the story. Tell me about you. Uh, let's see. Do I have any questions for you as I get out of here? Before I do, by the way, you can always follow me on Instagram and Twitter. That's R-O-B-Y-N underscore O-N-E-I-L. I haven't been as active on there in a while, um, in anything in a while. I mean, I, in general, I have. I've, I have almost crocheted an enormous uh, Afghan. So that's something. I'm, I am working, but I'm encountering problems with my studio being too small for what I'm doing. So that's very aggravating. I'll work on that. I'll figure it out. But anyway, back to closing this out. Kombucha, your thoughts. You like it? You think I'm gross or do you think I'm cool for drinking it? <laughs> I'm not trying to be cool. I'm just trying to uh, be good to my body. Uh, YouTube, what's the last thing you watched on YouTube? I can answer that because it's the only thing I watch on YouTube, which is my favorite channel, Beetle Babe. That's right, her name's Jen Abraham, Jennifer Abraham. I don't know if she goes by Jen or Jennifer. Don't know her, would love to be friends with her. Obsessed with her YouTube channel. Check her out at Beetle Babe. Uh, what else? Day planners. Do you use them? And if so, do you do them like old fashioned? Do you write in a day planner? Do you do it on your phone and computer? Or do you do a little bit of both? Let me know, reach out. I do a little bit of both. Uh, stomach ache. When was the last time you had a stomach ache? We already know the answer to, oh, no, you know what? Not that. How many times a week would you say you have a stomach problem? I would love to get some statistics on that. Uh, for me, I, you know, don't worry about me. Uh, dinner, what'd you have for dinner tonight? And if anybody had chicken nuggets and french fries, I, I need to know that. If one of you listening had chicken nuggets and french fries, I am so excited about that. It's one of my comfort meals. Do I wish I didn't eat chicken nuggets? Yes. Do I wish I were vegetarian and or vegan? Yes. Am I right now? No. And I'm mad at myself. So if anyone wants to yell at me for that, feel free. I can take it. That's it for me tonight, you guys. I love you. I'm excited about you. I think you're fantastic. I think we're all doing great jobs and we need to continue it. And thank you for your friendship. All right. Good night, everybody. Have sweet dreams. Night, night. <laughs>